Hello, everybody, and welcome to Success Stories, brought to you by Airs LA, the audio internet reading service. My name is Bill Takesta, and today we're going to talk to you about a very, very amazing young woman by the name of Natalia. Natalia is a young woman who lives in Southern California, and I've recently had the pleasure of meeting her, and she's really, really quite an amazing young woman. So welcome to the show, Natalia. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, it's really great to have you, and I was so happy when you said that you would do this interview. I said, all right, I I can't wait for everybody to hear about you. But uh, I first met Natalia a few months ago when she came to the Center for the Partially Sighted. And after talking to her, I was just so, so impressed. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, Natalia. Uh, Where do you live? Where do you go to school? And do you have any brothers and sisters? Um, I grew up here in Carson, California, small, I consider it small, small city. Um, I probably have two older brothers, so I'm the youngest child, and I go to high school at Narbonne here in Torrance. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I know about their football team. They're they're known for that football team, right? Uh, apparently. <laughs> Yes. And so then your older brothers, and are they in high school too, or are they in college? Um, my, the middle child, my, so my second youngest older brother, he's in college, and my oldest brother, he's working. Okay. So I'm the only one in high school. Okay, great. Now, you know, when I first met you, one of the things that I was most impressed with, Natalia, is that even though you're you're still fairly young, you're a 10th grader, but you, you were you were so poised and and so mature and so responsible, but yet uh, you you're visually impaired. And can you tell us what is the cause of your vision impairment, and when did you develop this vision problem? Um, I was born with congenital glaucoma, so I've kind of always had my vision problem, and over the years I've lost sight in my right eye, so. I kind of learned as I went, if you could say it that way. And so, at the present time, do you have any vision in your left eye at all? Yeah, I can see shadows and light. My vision really just fluctuates throughout the day, so it'll probably be okay. Say, I can see something on the wall right now, and in 10 minutes, I probably can't see it, so... And it, it, it'll be that quick when it, it fluctuates from that that quick of a time that you might be able to see and you can't see? Yeah. Now, has it been this way also since you were a young child in elementary school where your vision would really change that much? When I was in probably like elementary school, it would fluctuate day to day. And I guess since I just got older or whatever happened with my condition, it, it's just changed, and I've just gotten used to the vision, my vision just being 10-minute vision change switch kind of thing. And uh, what's it it like to have glaucoma? A lot of people may not be aware, but glaucoma is when there's too much pressure in your eye because there's too much fluid being produced in your eye. And is it painful for you? Um, Sometimes, like... 
you'll get the occasional headache, but it won't be because you're, like, stressing about something. Or in my case, I probably will, but that's not the point. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's not very, it's not scary, but then again, it's not like a walk in the park. But it's something you just get used to, I guess. Yeah, and then are you taking eye drops, or did you have surgery, or are you doing both? I do take eye drops, and I have I've had surgery a lot, like probably rough count of maybe forty nine and or fifty. Are you kidding me? Forty nine or fifty eye surgeries you've had? Yeah, I my first surgery was not I was a day old. Oh, my goodness. I mean, first of all, now, dealing with that, I don't know how long ago you could remember. You know, most people could remember maybe when they're four years of age. Sometimes they can remember at three, but do you remember uh, uh, some of your first surgeries? And what what, what was that like? How did you overcome that? I mean, it's got to be so frightening. Well, I guess it, um, I don't actually remember that far back. I probably do remember that too, maybe when I was four. Yes. And I think a huge part of me not being very frightened about surgeries or hospitals because of my parents, because they were always there and they always found ways to entertain me because as a small kid, I was just like, I just lost interest in things really fast and wanted to do things <laughs> and pretty hyperactive, let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> Oh, God. So, you know, you're very, very blessed to have such wonderful parents then, huh? That's such an important thing. Yeah. Now, what about going to school then? As you were going to school for elementary school, were you immediately introduced to learning to read and write Braille? Uh, That's something that I personally am learning to do now, but did you begin to learn that during elementary school or did they begin to teach you Braille in middle school? I learned Braille when I was in, I believe, first grade. Back then, I could still read, like, large print, and I wrote in print. So, but I guess ever since I got into a literal soul-crushing accident, <laughs> oh, I lost really? a lot of my, yeah, yeah, I mean, hyperactive. What, what? What 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 were you doing? What were you doing when you got in this accident? Playing with a basketball. <laughs> oh gosh, uh-huh. that could hurt. Yeah, and I tripped, and uh, you know, accidents happen. You know. Oh gosh, well you're you're strong. A lot of people would say these accidents, you know, they 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 hurt too. You know, and you know, I don't remember. I do remember when it happened, but I don't remember it ever hurting. So oh. I think I don't know. So uh, in elementary school, were there any other children who were blind or, or readers or writers of Braille other than you in your school? Mm, no, the only child who read Braille or ever wrote it or ever knew about it in in my first elementary school because I switched to a different elementary school halfway through first grade. Okay, uh-huh. Now, what so, was that, and, you know, Natalia, what was that like, though, going to a, a school and the other kids are doing something different than you? Did you think, 
what are these kids doing, and why aren't they reading and writing with Braille the way that I am? Or did you realize at that point in time that you were different in respect to your vision as compared to everybody else? Yeah, I realized I kind of got used to the fact of me being different just because it sounded cool, it was cool, and it still is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so also my parents were there all the time, and my mom, she made sure to tell me, like, things were going on and that I would just have to learn differently. Oh, that is great. You know, your mom really is, is, is such an angel, and I, I think, boy, I, I could hear her saying something like that. That would be so helpful for her just to tell you, well, you know what, you're going to learn a different way. I mean, that's really yeah. all that Braille is. Yeah, basically. My mom didn't take no for an answer, so. Oh. Now, is your mother, is she blind with glaucoma also? No. I'm the only person, as far as we've researched in my family line, on both my parents' side, that have had um, visual impairments. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how some of these things work, and I'm I'm the only one in in our entire clan who is visually impaired, and uh, the condition that I have is one that usually is where people do get it because it is something that is genetic. And when you were young in elementary school, how did you first come to realize that you you were different? Was it because of the fact that you were reading and writing Braille and your mom told you you're going to have to learn different? Or did some of the other kids ever say anything to you? Um, I do remember getting teased a lot because my glasses, since they were they had such large magnification on it, um, I used to get teased about that. And I realized that I couldn't run around and play games the same way the other kids could because I would literally run into a lot of things. Yeah. And so, I like, just being teased and realizing, like, those small things would help me realize that I would just be different for the rest of my life and I had to get used to it. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was uh, told that I needed glasses when I was in first grade, and I was the only child in the whole school who had glasses, and uh, I was, I was, uh, I believe, I may have been the only Asian in our school, and oh my gosh, you know, when they start teasing you. Uh, Four eyes joke, right? Oh, yes, you got those two, <laughs> huh? You know, and uh, it was something, though, for me personally, those those jokes and things, at first I could laugh with them, but after a while, you know, it really upset me. You know, it it hurt me. It it, it made me cry and things like that. And uh, my, my my parents would say, "Well, it's only words. Sticks and stone may break your bones, but words will never hurt you." But that's not true. You know, no. it hurt me, and I don't really know how I got over that. Uh, maybe after a while they just stopped teasing. But was there? And anything in particular that helped you to get over it when the kids would tease you about wearing glasses? Um, it was probably just my pastimes and realizing that those, if they were teasing me and making fun of me and just 
having every chance, they making sure there was every chance there was so they could tease me. They weren't my real friends, so I paid them no mind because I knew someday probably, sure, I would meet them in the future, but they'd probably have a different opinion of me. Wow. You were able to think of that in elementary school. I mean, you are something special. You know, to be able to think of that, that is just really, really, really amazing. And so um, what did you think about learning Braille? Did you think that it was very difficult, or was that something that your, your Braille teacher was so good that it came very easy to you? Because I'm telling you, I'm struggling with it. Um. Well, when I was learning it, I... I didn't find it difficult, nor or did I find it easy. It was actually really fun because my teacher, who she was also totally blind, which I thought oh. was really cool. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Well, did you did you find that to be very helpful to have a teacher who is blind, so that you could talk to him and her about some of your problems you were going through with the kids teasing you or. Uh, did did he or she help you in that way? Um, sort of in a sense. As a kid, I was just really closed mind, like not closed minded, but I was really shy. So I never really spoke to anyone that wasn't my immediate family or a family friend. But over time, the teacher she did become a family friend, and I just found it really easy to talk to her and for her to teach me. Only for the fact that because she was totally blind, she couldn't use her eyes to read the Braille with her eyes. She actually had to have a hands-on experience with me. Yes. So it just it helped a lot. Wow, that is really, really something. And was that the first person that you ever met who was visually impaired or blind was your teacher? I believe so, as much as I recall. Because, you know, at school, if none of the other kids had a vision impairment, it, it wasn't where you could say, well, hey, you know, uh, it, Johnny over here is visually impaired, too. It's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Now, did you participate in any kinds of activities when you were in school, elementary school? Did you take music or did you sing in the choir? Did you find any kind of sports that you could play? Because... You know, I, I would imagine you weren't going to go play basketball anymore, right? Oh, oh no. Basketball is not my best friend. Um, I did join the school's choir for, I believe, fourth and fifth grade. And I, after a while, the kids did kind of warm, warm up to me. So I did play probably kickball and handball, but... Yeah, basketball, not not happening. <laughs> and um, I also really like to read because my fourth grade teacher introduced me to reading and taking um, accelerated reader tests for the books I read. And so it was just, it was really fun. It wow, fun. that that's really, really impressive. And then um, what happened then when you went to middle school? Now, was that a huge transition for you? Uh, because it, it's, you know, a new campus and you, you have to meet new people and maybe you didn't know your way around the school? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't really real notice the transition between fifth and sixth grade. I'm not quite sure why. I think just because I just went with the flow 
so easily that I just didn't notice. But knowing a new campus and knowing I now have six periods and recess didn't exist, apparently, <laughs> it was yeah. really something new. But it was scary and it was fun and, yeah. Now, by the time that you were in middle school and and getting from class to class, it, it must be difficult if you don't know if in 10 minutes your vision's going to be good or it's going to be poor. And so did you use a cane during middle school to go from one class to the next to the next to the next? Um, Yeah, I used, I, just because of my visual impairment and just because I had had retinal detachments before, I learned how to use a cane in probably uh, first grade. So, in middle school, I did use a cane so far to the point where by the time I was in eighth grade, I could run across campus to get from my resource class to my algebra class and stay after school and work with my algebra teacher and just do all this kind of stuff because I knew I had my cane. And if I ran into anything, well, it's just like a bump in, bump in the road. You get up and you keep going. So. Yeah. You know, for me... When when I was told that I should be using a cane to walk, I I resisted so much. I said, I don't need it. I don't want anybody to see me with this. And I could walk just fine without the cane. And then I had a few accidents, and I realized, you know what, I should use this cane. And <laughs> and now I, 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 I can't, I literally can't leave the house without my cane. It, I mean, it, it really is my best friend. Um, yeah. How about for you? Was that ever a situation where you said, "I don't want to use a cane," or "I don't, I don't need to use it"? Um, some actually not really because it just the cane just sort of became something that I knew just always had to be there if I wanted to keep to not have a broken bone in case uh-huh. I ran into anything. But in times of, like, my better vision, I would still keep it in my hand, and I would still use it, but my eyesight was more what I relied on than my cane. You know, and, and, so. and you're really amazing because, I mean, just, just listening to the way that you speak, I love hearing you talk because you have such a great positive tone of voice. But you, <laughs> you, you just really seem to take everything as a cane. You weren't embarrassed to read and write Braille. You weren't embarrassed to use a cane. And and you just seem to be doing everything without worrying about what anybody else says. Is that your motto? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, that's that's really great because most teenagers, they worry too much about what everybody else says or what other people think. But, you know, you have so much uh, self-esteem and the confidence to truly understand that what anybody else says, it truly doesn't matter. I know that as yeah. an adult, I used to worry that people might say something, oh, look at that blind guy using the cane over there or whatever. But the reality is it doesn't matter what anybody says if they've said something. It still doesn't matter because I, I'm, not, I'm not hanging out with that person. And many times these uh, other people who do say things, they're really ignorant, you know. They just don't know. They don't know anything about vision impairment. So, yeah. um, you know, let me tell you a story to kind of illustrate that a little bit. Though, for example, there was one time that my wife and I we went to lunch, 
And we went to a little place, Coco's, you know, to go get a Coco's combo, combo burger, fries, <laughs> and a Coke. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we sat down at a booth, and uh, I, I found the booth, and I was using my cane, and uh, the waitress comes along a bit later, and she asks my wife, what would you like to have? And my wife says, yeah, I'm going to have a Coco's combo with a Diet Coke. And then she says to my wife, what does he want? <laughs> oh, she, yeah. That's, she literally yeah. asked my wife, what do I want? And my wife says, ask him. He could order for himself. He's not deaf. He could talk. You know, that sounds and, like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, this waitress, she was a very nice woman. She was very nice. You know, and she was mm-hmm. smart, but for whatever reason, she thought that because I had a cane, that I was disabled, you know, yeah. and after she apologized, but have you run into situations like that where people just don't understand? They just don't know. All the time, from people <laughs> calling my mobility cane a walking stick to <laughs> me asking a kid one of my fellow classmates, if they can read me something off the board and they decide just because I asked them to repeat it a second time, they're going to talk extremely loud, even though they're (laughs) sitting right next to me. It happens all the time. (laughs) Right. They talk extremely loud, huh? As though you you can't hear, huh? (laughs) Yes, and I'm like, um... Okay, I need you to understand I have a vision problem, not a hearing problem. <laughs> That's dumb right here, buddy. <laughs> Do you say that to them, too? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's probably only in my history class where I actually talk to the kids like that. You know, now, you are truly so, so funny. And where did you get this sense of humor from, Natalia? You, you, you are very, very funny. I don't know. It's probably a mix of my sarcasm and my just realism. I I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, is your dad a similar personality? Are you more similar to your mother? In certain certain, um, aspects, I am kind of like my mom. I don't know if I'm like my dad. I'm just just, um, sort of like them and then sort of not, so I'm glad I'm kind of sort of not. you are able to 
read and write Braille so well? In other words, do you practice this, or do you think that you have just been gifted with very sensitive fingers that are able to read and write Braille, or is this something that you have actually worked at it? I <laughs> I basically go about Braille the way someone would go about print. You practice print the way you would practice Braille. Yes. And it's just, I don't know, <laughs> I guess because I'm such a, like, English, I want to be an English major, so um, if I want to be an English major, I think I should know what belongs and what doesn't and how things should go, especially if it's in the written English language. Yes. So it's just... and, and so, you know, Braille, reading and writing Braille, the Braille literacy, it's just similar to reading print. I mean, you do get better if you read more books. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that is so fantastic. And uh, how about at this point in time, have you thought about what colleges that you want to apply to or what universities? That is a, I have been thinking, actually. I was actually thinking about it before you called me. That's very strange. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure. I know I want to stay, go to a college that isn't close to my home, mainly for the fact that I just want to reach that independence yes. before I actually start looking for a job. Yes, uh-huh. So, not lying, I was considering going to college in probably, like, England or something. Oh, really? I mean, you're yeah. really talking about becoming independent. That's far. <laughs> it oh. is far, but I heard, I've, like, researched, and apparently costs for college are less expensive over there in the U.K., I didn't and I've know that. always just wanted to visit England and my favorite singers from there, so that's like a plus thing. And yeah. Now, now who's your favorite singer? Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, um, it's really a kind of. If you ask my friends, they probably that's the first thing they'll say. Oh, she's an Ed Sheeran fan because I talk about him a lot. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I I I'm not completely surprised about that because of your love for music, and I know that you're also uh, an incredible choir singer, and you're part <laughs> of the choir team, and you guys just won a, a gold medal award for uh, your singing in this competition. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. You know, I mean, it just seems as though. Do you ever just feel? that you're you're so blessed. I mean, you're uh, a very very kind, very funny. You're you're very talented and you're also very smart. I mean, you you have it all. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I I really do feel blessed. It's not every day where I guess someone has the opportunities that I do, so I always take the time and like thank my parents and I always hope they know like how much I appreciate them and just God God is good. <laughs> wow, that is great. That is so great and, and and what what do you think uh it is that your parents do so much you know, in other words, 
are they always asking you if you want to sign up for a program or do they do the research for you to find about where you might be able to participate in choir and I know you're also involved in uh, swimming and go ball. Uh, how is it that you're involved in so many of these different activities? Is it that your your parents find them for you or what? Um, yeah, kind of. Like my mom's daily question besides how was school and how are you doing is, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? <laughs> are you up for this? How about that? Oh, I signed you up for this. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> Um, we really just find a lot of these things, I think, by chance, because since I go to choir at Braille, and I've also been going to the after-school program, yes. um, they always send out schedules with different things we can do, and so my mom's like, oh, this, how about this? And I'm like, I haven't been there. She's like, okay, then you're going, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> and for Junior oh. Blind, I go to Junior Blind, too, so I... I started going to camp, their camp, probably about four or five years ago. Oh, yes. And I love it. It's so fun. And then probably like a few years, two or three years ago, I found out that they had um, vision trips that they had almost every month. And so I started going to those, and I've practically been all over California, so I think that's pretty cool. Wow. I, I, I know that those vision trips, from the, the Junior Blinds of America are pretty cool, though. You guys do some pretty wild things, too, right? Yep, it's so much fun. Now, what are some of the more outrageous things that you've done through the vision trip? Uh, has it been surfing or skiing or anything like that, or what? Let's see. In September, we went whitewater rafting, and I flew off the river raft, and <laughs> oh my guy God. trampled by a boat, hit a rock, did a few flips, met some fish. I thought it was pretty freaking cool. And then we went horseback riding, and we went skiing, and when we went skiing, there's a snowstorm. It was my first time ever seeing snow actually fall from the sky, so I was pretty psyched. Oh, great. Gosh. And and, and you've learned to do all these things, and you, you haven't – it sounds like you haven't been afraid. A lot of people might say, well, no, I, I'm afraid to do it because I don't see perfectly. No, I kind of just learned to trust my instincts, and if my instincts lead me to do something that's probably not the best idea, then I know I probably shouldn't do it next time. <laughs> now, what about you're on a go-ball team, and tell our listeners, what is go-ball? Go-ball is basic, as I consider it, a mixture between foosball and soccer, where there's Six players on a team on the court at once, three on each team, and you're blindfolded and padded up, and you basically use your body to defend your side of the court from the other team who is throwing a probably maybe three pound, three pound ball that has bells in it, and you need to get <laughs> wherever you have to go to defend your side of the court from being scored on. Oh my goodness. So they're throwing this ball as hard as they can, and you got to hear it, and you got to get your body in between that ball and the goal. Basically. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Well, I also know, isn't there a United States Paralympic team for go ball? Yes, and I actually, I believe a few couple summers ago, 
at our GoBo camp that we have at um, Camp Bloomfield. We actually met one of the players, and she helped us out with tournaments and stuff. So it was really fun getting a first-hand experience of talking to her and her giving us pointers. So I, I don't know. It's pretty fun. You know, it's just so amazing because uh, you're you're so active and you're involved in so many different activities. Some of it for people who have vision problems, others for people who have normal vision. Uh, you're you're very involved with different programs and at school. And uh, what what do you think are are some of the things that you could recommend to other high school and middle age student middle middle school students who have vision problems? What's your advice to them? Oh, oh, a really good piece of advice. Put down the technology and get outside and explore what's out there. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I would have never thought that that's something that a, a teenager would say. Put down the technology. Like, put down that cell phone. Stop texting and talking and go out there and play, huh? Yeah, well, the Internet's not going anywhere. <laughs> Meanwhile, the world outside is moving and things are changing. Yes, yes. So just take advantage of what's out there and just then come back to the Internet and go, hey, I came to visit. <laughs> well, you know, that 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 is so, so, such good advice. And it is so true what you're saying because I know that one of the things that I have found personally is that when I go out and I do something, something that I wasn't certain that I was going to be able to do because of my vision. But when I can get it done, I really feel great about myself. And I'll imagine that when you go out and you play goalball, you swim in these competitions. You're, you're, you're out there singing in competitions. You're competing in the, the Braille Challenge. You're there earning great grades. Uh, going out there and doing these things, you have to feel very, very good about your accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that true? Yeah, it's really, it's just, that's what I think keeps me going, keeps me fueled to want to try and accomplish more things. Because every time I see, like, old trophies and old certificates that I have somewhere, in my house, I'm just, I always feel really good about myself, and I just feel like if I could do that then, imagine what I can do now. That, so. Oh, that, that is so true. That is so true. And and if you're at home and you're, you're sending a text message to somebody or you're just surfing the Internet, you don't feel accomplished when you're doing that, <laughs> you know? It, it's so, so different. You know, yeah. and and are you are you uh, earning good grades at school? Are you an honor student? Yes, I'm an honor student, and I am earning. I guess you good grades. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're so modest. That that is just so wonderful. Now you know, at at your high school, would you say are there any other students who are uh, partially sighted or totally blind at your high school? There's a complete total of, I think, 14 or 13 of us at that school. Uh-huh. And what do you feel? Um, you, you suddenly are in a school where there are other students who are visually impaired. 
do you find it to be more comfortable for you to hang out with other kids who are visually impaired? Or do you feel like I want to hang out with whoever I want to hang out with and it doesn't matter uh, what their vision is? Um, It really eh, it doesn't matter to me. I have normally sighted friends. I have visually impaired friends. I have a couple of friends who use wheelchairs and walkers. But at the end of the day, they're still human, so it doesn't really make a difference what they do or how they get around or whatever they have to do. Oh, gosh, that is so great. That is so great. You know, you are so right, and I, I'm so glad that we've had this time to meet you and to interview you and to hear from you. What are your recommendations? Because, you know, Natalia, you have it so right. I mean, you have it just spot on right, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're here and we could put this on air, Zale. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. <laughs> thank you. It was so much fun. Well, you know what? We're going to have to, you know, meet up with you again, and we're going to find out how things are going so that you could share even more advice for other students who are visually impaired. And maybe the next time we can actually do something where maybe you and maybe you and your mom, we could find out what are some things that parents need to know because many times parents are the ones who make mistakes. Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the call, and I want to thank you, Mr. Dick Burden, uh, for recording this. And we're going to continue to bring you more lectures from this series of success stories here on Airs LA in weeks in the future. So again, on behalf of everybody here at Airs LA, I want to thank you for listening and stay informed. Goodbye, everybody.